Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are taking a journey to the beautiful state of Colorado to chat with Kimberly Woodhouse. Kimberly is not only an award-winning and best-selling author of more than 30 books, but she's also got a fantastic new release on the horizon. The Secrets Beneath is coming out soon. So, Kimberly, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Of course. I know you've had the unique experience of living in places like Louisiana, Alaska, Montana, the Poconos, and now Colorado. So out of these diverse locations, do you have a favorite one? That is really a tough one. Um, we absolutely loved living in Alaska. There's just nothing that compares with Alaska, but family is here in Colorado and the grandkid is here in Colorado. So we love Colorado as well. Montana was beautiful. The Poconos were beautiful and we're both from Louisiana, my husband and I. So that's kind of our, our heritage, our growing up was deep down South, but we know how to cook. <laughs> I know. What is there in Alaska that you, you say that is just great? Oh, of course. Well, probably half of my books are set in Alaska because after living there, um, I just love to write about Alaska and love to write about it accurately because a lot of people will write about the state and they haven't been or they've only like visited like in a little tourist place and they really don't know. It is a completely different atmosphere. The scenery is just breathtaking and gorgeous. And Alaska is also, you know, two and a half times the size of Texas. So it's huge. It's massive. And there's a lot of really cool history there, a lot of wonderful things to do. And it's just, we loved living in Alaska. Loved, loved, loved. And I just got back from a book tour in Alaska. So it is still one of my very favorite places. And was wasn't it too cold for you? Yeah, no. <laughs> not at all. Um, I actually really like cold. And so I love the snow, love the cold. I love being able to do things in the spring, summer and fall, but I love the snow. I love cold air. Mm -hmm. And what do you like? The, what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, some people might find this kind of shocking because I probably don't appear like a golfer, but I love to golf. 
with my husband. Um, he had both of his knees replaced uh, about 10 years ago. And he said, hey, you want to play golf with me? And I just gave him this really crazy look like, what? You want me to play golf? But I love it. I took lessons and my husband and I play and I have friends that I play with. And um, so I love to play golf, love to spend time with my family. Reading is huge. I also love to scrapbook, you know, in my spare time. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. And uh, love to kayak. So, but golfing is probably my main hobby. Mm -hmm. Kim, I know you have a fascination for paleontology and dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> I'm curious to know if you could have a pet dinosaur, which species would you choose? That is an amazing question. I have not ever been asked that one. Um, <laughs> good job. Um, I actually would probably say Dippy, um, which is the Diplodocus, because they're leaf eaters, so it wouldn't eat me. <laughs> and they're just, they're really big and long. They have the big, long tail, the big, long neck um and it's the one that i use in the secrets beneath it's just my favorite ah okay but you were very smart because you chose one that is herbivorous yeah you know i like velociraptors but having a pet that runs so quickly would be tough i don't i don't think i would survive with those no so let's talk about your journey uh, Kim your journey from being a musician to a prolific author is quite unique can you share a bit about your transition from music to the world of writing I'd love to um so music was my life I thought it was what I was going to do for everything my all my growing up years it was full of piano and voice competitions and recitals and concerts and, you know, everything that went along with it. And I went, I had a scholarship to Juilliard and I went to college as a music major and just thought this was what, you know, I was supposed to do. So as a music major, my English professor stopped me one point and he goes, you must really love story. And I said, I do. I said, I love to read, love to read. I'd always been an avid, avid reader. And he said, he goes, you are a really great storyteller. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, little music major. So I just kind of tucked that in the back of my brain and didn't think much of it because everything in my life had been gearing up for music. And I love music and I loved piano, loved voice. I've played pretty much every instrument, you know, out there and very much enjoyed it. But when I got married and our son was born, he had a lot of sicknesses. And so I was up one night with him and just because a mom, you know, when you're listening to them breathe, you can't go back to sleep. And I needed to do something with all of this creative energy. And so I started writing stories just because I've always loved story. I loved reading, didn't think a thing about it. And I shoved them all in a drawer, didn't tell anybody, you know, that I was writing stories in the middle of the night or just whenever years later, Years later, a friend of mine found them when she was supposed to be helping me pack and she was in the other room reading like a stinker and she came in and she hit me over the head with a big ream of paper and told me I was hiding my light under a bushel and I better do something about it and I better write and I 
fell on the floor crying and I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a music person. And, but she challenged me and she told me if I didn't do something with it, she was going to kill me. <clears throat> and she gave me a deadline. So um, I started learning the craft and I started looking into it and figuring out and realized how much I truly adored story. And so many of us creatives, so many of us authors are also musicians or, you know, we do something else in the arts because that's just how our brains are wired. And I had never thought about writing, you know, until my son got sick. But then I was reminded of the professor who had encouraged me in such huge ways. And he came to one of my book signings, you know, when one of my first books came out and he was just he goes, I knew it. I knew you were going to do this. Wow. So it has been quite a journey. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I was trying to understand how you can. You find time to do so many things and still have time for kayaking, playing golf, spending time with your your family. And now you have a grandkids. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I love being Nana. So it is it is a thrill. You know, I always have heard people say that grandkids are just the best thing ever. And I always thought my kids were just phenomenal and the best thing ever. And then you have grandkids and you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I totally get it. So it is a joy. It is. And Kim, you've authored more than 30 books, which is an impressive feat. Can you tell us about your writing process? Do you start with a plot? You start with the characters? Or do you need a title for your book? How does it happen? You have great questions. I'm so impressed. Well, for me, sometimes it's different, you know, how different things come. Sometimes it's the characters who come to me first. Sometimes it's the setting. Sometimes it's a topic, you know, something hits my brain and I think, oh, I need to put that in a story. And, you know, a story evolves out of that. And you just never... No, and I'm such a huge history buff and I love suspense. And so I love researching and I write contemporary and I write historical, but history has got to be my favorite. I just love diving into interesting aspects of history that, you know, might be a little bit lost or forgotten um, or that people just haven't, you know, talked about enough, you know, recently. And I hate the thought of, of history getting lost you know, to us. And so in our day and age of, you know, media and digital and our attention is always grabbed in so many different directions, you know, a lot of times we're not looking backward. And I think we really need to learn, you know, from our past. And so uh, this series, actually, I, my editor asked me, she goes, well, what do you want to do next? And I had like five really well thought out researched ideas you know, of what I thought I wanted to do. And I threw out on my author page, I said, so what is something that you guys would like to see um, me do next, you know, in historical fiction? And <laughs> somebody threw out the bone wars. And I thought, oh, 
oh yeah, that would be great. And so I told my editor that after I'd shown her, you know, the five well-researched and thought out ideas. And she goes, dinosaurs, who doesn't love dinosaurs? Let's do that. And um, so I got to really entrench myself and, and come into it. So you just never know in the process, you know, how creatives, again, we're weird people, you know, you just never know what's going to strike a fancy with us and, and make an idea kind of come to life. And um, I spend, I split my days between writing and editing and researching because I'm always, I have six books releasing next year. So I'm always working on three, four, five different books at a time, you know, and in different phases where they're at. And so I just divide my day up by how much word count or how many pages I need to edit or how much research needs to get done. And I normally research, you know, for six months or so before I ever write the book. But then when I write, it's fast and furious. And then the editing process also happens. So that's a little bit of it. That's a lot. And so that means <laughs> you are a full-time writer. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was browsing your website and I see that your upcoming book actually is this week. It's coming on September 26th, if I'm not wrong. Is that correct? Your yes. So I saw that is entitled The Secrets Beneath. So can you provide our listeners with a sneak peek into the book and share what inspired its creation, please? <laughs> Thank you. Well, like I said, you know, it was a reader who threw out the Bone Wars and the Bone Wars were a very interesting piece of history in the United States because when dinosaur fossils were found in the United States, it started an era of what was called the great dinosaur rush because then everybody wanted to see, you know, if they could find intact dinosaur skeletons and get them in the museums and write papers on them and all that fun stuff. So this is in the 1800s. And in the 1870s, two highly regarded paleontologists, Cope and Marsh, which when I talk to people, I always tell them, it's like, I don't think they were very nice people uh, because of what they did to each other, but they both were trying to be the best. So they were always trying to outdo one another. It was like this race to see who could get the most bones, who could write the most papers, who would get their name on the most, you know, displays in museums. And I mean, they did horrific things and they lied and cheated and stole and, you know, did all kinds of terrible things just to try to, to get better. And so I wanted to really highlight women in paleontology because women have been involved in paleontology since the beginning. Mary Anning um, in the early 1800s in Lyme, England, um, was digging for fossils, even though in the 1800s it was considered, you know, vulgar for a woman to dig in the dirt. So um, I probably wouldn't have had the best reputation because I like to dig in the dirt, but um you know, there, there are lots of women that were involved and a lot of them did the sketching, a lot of them did the digging and, and things like that. But we don't see a lot of attention on that. And they didn't have much of a name back then because, you know, women really weren't part of the workforce, um, especially back then. So throughout the series, it's highlighting women in paleontology. There's men in paleontology too in the series, but it's women who are the hero heroines of the story and the progression. So from the, the really 
hard time of the Bone Wars, which is about 20 years worth of just ugliness, which kind of gave paleontology a bad name in the sciences because, you know, they weren't nice to each other. And so these women are also trying to find their way in the field, but they're also trying to give paleontology a more respectable name um, so that more women, you know, can come behind them and and dig for dinosaur fossils as well. But I really love suspense. So my villains are pretty, um, I had one reader tell me, she goes, that was, that was pretty creepy. So I don't think the books are creepy, but the villains are a little bit creepy in this series and what they are out to do. So there's a lot of dinosaur digging, a lot of fun. Of course, a little, you know, smidgen of romance. Got to have that in there. It's very good that you put women doing this this work because I've never heard something about it. Even today, women struggle in the field of paleontology. And I met a fabulous um, female paleontologist, Dr. Sue Ann Bilby, in all of my research and just a phenomenal woman and all the stuff that she's done over the years. And she was expressing how, you know, it's almost like the bone wars are still going on now <laughs> because it's just a really tough cutthroat field. And um, it was another reason why I thought it would be really neat to have the heroines really striving, you know, in these books to kind of make their way in the field, because the more research I did, the more I found how many women, you know, were a big part of this. And they really helped paleontology come to life here in the U.S., Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I like it. And actually, I know that you have two main characters, Anna, Anna and Josh. It's Joshua? Yes. So can you tell us just a little bit about these two characters? Well, what I threw at these two is the fact that they were almost engaged. So they were already in love years ago and grew up together. And there was a horrible argument and they split and he went off to medical school and she stayed home where they were both from. Her father's a paleontologist. So she traveled around with him and she did all the sketching, you know, at all the sites. So she was at all these paleontological digs. So for three years, they haven't even written letters. They haven't seen one another, nothing, because both of them are extremely hurt by what happened. <laughs> And they don't even know how, you know, to come back together. So when Josh comes back home for a visit, there's quite a bit that kind of brings them back together and some tragedy that brings them back together. And they realize how much they truly care for one another, that they have to navigate um, the secrets that are within the the story um, that they have to deal with. And there's just a lot of suspense. There's a lot of mystery in the book. So there's quite a few things that they have to overcome if they do want to have the happily ever after. And they're not sure if they're going to, because the way they split was not, was not good. Good to know. But you know, we were telling us that they were writing letters. It's fascinating because I remember when I 
with younger, we had to write letters, but we used to have this thing for writing letters. And I thought it was so romantic. I think those times was something magical to be waiting for the letter. What do you think about it? I do. And I think that was something that's so unique about Anna and Josh and the story is that well, you see that Josh has been writing her letters, but she hasn't been getting them. So, um, and he doesn't know if he actually wants her to have them because of how things ended. And I know how much I loved writing letters, you know, when I was a kid and you wait, you know, whether it's your pen pal or it's your, you know, your grandmother or whatever, you can't wait, you know, to see what they say and how they respond and we used to send them pictures in the mail and everything just to be able to let people know what we were doing and how exciting it was, you know, to be able to open up a letter and to read what they were going through. So the fact that they hadn't talked for three years is kind of a big deal for these two. Yes. This is the second book of this series. I don't know if I read It's the first book. It's the first book of it. And how many books are you going to publish in this series? There's three. And so Set in Stone, which the cover's already out, and it's gorgeous. I thought the cover for The Secrets Beneath was gorgeous. Um, but Set in Stone releases in March, and then the third book will release next September. You told me you were going to publish six books next year. Yes, there's six that release next year. <laughs> and are there any exciting projects or collaborations on the horizon that you want to share with us besides the books? <laughs> um, well, I write with Tracy Peterson. And so we write one book a year together. And we absolutely love that. And so part of the reason we were in Alaska uh, last week was we were also doing research for the next series. We're doing a Montana series right now, but we're going to go back to Alaska. So that'll be a lot of fun. And um, my cyber series, I love writing um, Alaska again. And so I have a cyber series that's out. And the first book was 26 Below. It came out this year. And then the next two come out next year. And I, I think this is the one I'm most excited about, though, is this. I call it my dino series, my dinosaur series. Um, I just love these books. And I love the research. And I love the stories. And so I'm super excited for readers to to get acquainted with the characters and to dive in. Wow, it's so great to go back to Alaska to research for the book. This is the best mm -hmm. part, I think, <laughs> to be able to travel, <laughs> to research and meet with your co-author yeah, is, is great. Um, Kim, I want to congratulate you for all the success you have in not only your personal life, but also being a award-winning writer and having all these connections that you've been doing community is is great to see it would you like to leave a message for our listeners today you know i would just encourage them to grab onto joy and you know we live in such a negative and kind of divisive world right now i think story is a great way that brings us together and so I love to tell people to grab onto joy and keep reading. Please keep reading because I have a hashtag, buy a book, save an author. And it's no joke. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Kim, it was a pleasure to have you here today. You are awesome. I would like to tell our listeners that Kimberly was featured in our magazine, The Relatable Voice. You can learn more about her by grabbing your free copy at www.relatable-media.com. And Kim, how can our listeners find you and, of course, your books? Thank you. Uh, well, my website is just my name, KimberlyWoodhouse.com. If you spell it wrong, you'll probably still get there because I think I own all the domains. If you even spell it KimWoodhouse.com, I think you'll still get there. So. Um, but it also has all my social media contact on there. And I'd love to connect with you. And I love meeting new readers. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. It was my pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.